Vishayla. I've been a member here at the Heights for about a year now. Um, I came from Texas. I graduated college and moved out here without a plan, um, without really a sense of purpose, without a sense of community or being a part of anything. I've moved my entire life because of homelessness, um, separation, and I, I've never gotten the chance to be a part of something great. It's just as amazing as this. And my first time coming here, Randy was preaching about life group. Um, he said, go to life group, be a part of life group. It'll make a huge difference in your life. And, you know, my reluctance and my little bit of fear, I, I'm not going to fit in. I'm nothing like those people. Um, I'm imperfect. I, uh, I didn't know Christ my entire life. I didn't grow up in the church. And there's no way. There's no way that they'll get me um, the way that they want to. But... In my obedience to the Lord, uh, I went ahead and I went to life group, and I was a little bit weary when I went the first time, but God said, go back, she said, just go back, just go back, so, so I went back, and just in my openness and willingness to be loved, uh, the way Christ loves us has just changed my life so much, so much. I am nothing, I'm nowhere near the place I was when I first got here. I have a home. I'm a part of something. I truly know the love of Christ Jesus. I it's more than what words can 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 describe. I I have joy. I have true joy and a purpose. And I just want to go out and tell everyone about Jesus. He's just so good, so good, and I'm so so thankful. And because you put God first, it made a difference in my life. Thank you. Uh, doesn't that just make you smile? I mean, if we just go home right now, it's been a good morning. No, we're not leaving. We're not leaving just yet. But uh, so grateful for her story. And isn't it exciting, folks, to think that, that you and I are a part of that. We're a part of what God is using to, to create many stories like that. Thank you for putting first things first and uh, being a part of the ministry and what's happening here at the Heights because that ends up being the result. Well, we are continuing today our, our series called First Things First, looking at the role of the crown in our lives, the role of the king in our lives. And boy, last week I thought was a little bit challenging, a little bit difficult as we heard our king bring a, a kind of in-your-face challenge to us as he said to you, to me, hey, listen, what you're building, what's important to you, you're prioritizing that over what I'm building. And, and that's kind of a natural thing for all of us to kind of to end up doing. What I'm building, what I'm doing just tends to be very important to me. And, and we might stop and say, oh, I know God's stuff's important too, right? And, and I need to be about that also. But, but really, as life gets played out Monday through Sunday, a, a whole lot of life ends up becoming the priority of taking care of me. And, and God comes to us through the prophet Haggai and says, Hey, listen, when you're doing that, you're actually all but guaranteeing that your priorities are going to just fall short. When we don't make him the priority in our lives. He said this through the prophet Haggai this way. Is it a time for you yourselves to dwell in your paneled houses while my house lies in ruins? Consider your ways. You have sown much and harvested little. You eat, but you never have enough. You clothe yourselves, but, but no one is warm. And he who earns wages does so to put them in a bag with holes. 
prioritize the Lord first. Make what He's doing the big thing in your life. And yes, that begins with our finances. You know, there's, there's more than finances. There's more than one way to prioritize the Lord in our lives. But, but finances is always a very big one because Jesus said that's, that's really an indicator of where our heart is. And, and when we're not prioritizing the Lord with our finances, that's a lot bigger issue than, oh, shame on you, you're doing the wrong thing. Oh, hey, guess what? There's a better way. No, it's much more serious than that. When we're not prioritizing the Lord with our finances, we're actually stealing from God. We're we're robbing Him. And again, God challenges us to look at this, to fix this, and see what He can do when it is fixed. He says this through His prophet Malachi, when He says, Will a man rob God? Yet you are robbing me in your tithes and contributions. Bring the full tithe, bring the whole 10%. Tithe is a Hebrew word that literally means 10%. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse and thereby put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts. And see if I will not throw open the window of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need. Jesus comes along and adds to this idea in Matthew chapter 6. He begins in about verse 25. And and yet he doesn't start off with the word priority or, or what we're building. He starts off just by watching the way we live. And he says, you know, I'm, I'm watching y'all and, and I'm watching you try to scrape together the food and the clothing and, and live life and pay bills. And to be honest, you look like pagans. What? That's not a very nice word, Jesus. <laughs> but but what, what does he mean like that? What does he mean when he says, hey, you're acting like pagans? What's a pagan? It's somebody who doesn't have a God. He said, you're, you're acting. You're, the, the energy of your life, the worry, the fear, the fretting of your life, all seems to communicate that you're not aware that there's a, a God and a God who loves you and cares for you. Rather, what your life and my life should be clearly communicating is that we have so much faith that there's a God that loves us and cares for us that we are able, and now we're back around to priorities, we're able to set down our priorities and have one great priority in our life. And and Jesus communicates this when he gets to Matthew 6, 33, and he says, seek first, have one big priority in your life. Seek first, seek in the primary way the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Seek the crown. Understand what the crown is doing. Bring your life in involved with that and and make the crown the big thing in your life. Make what God is doing the big thing in your life. Time time out, God. I still got bills to pay. I I still got a family to feed. We still have a... Yeah, and Jesus said, and God, God will take care of all that. It's going to all add up. Well, we took these ideas, we took these passages and and introduced last week the idea of heaven's math. And that is that you you give God the first 10%, and the operative word is first. You see, if he's the priority, he's the first thing I do. It's not that I take care of everything I need to build this month and whatever's left over, I throw a little his way. No, that's leftovers. The leftovers are never referred to as a priority. No, the biblical word is first fruits. The first thing I do with the harvest, the the first thing I do with a paycheck is I bring the 10%. And when I do that, God will make sure that the 90 works like it was 110 When I don't do that, 
When I keep the ten, gosh, this is a rough statement. God, God will make sure the hundred works like it was ninety. One, one of our church members, Jeff, last week wrote on my Facebook. So he said, this, so this is the math. One hundred minus ten equals one hundred and ten. Well, yeah, yeah, I guess that's it. Pretty much there. That, that's even a simpler way of saying that. You know, folks, what I want to... What I want to do today is I want to share a story about, about God's math in my life. It's, it's a personal story. It's one, actually, I never anticipated sharing. It's, it's personal. It, you know, it's finances. It's me. It's, it's not for everybody and consumption. But, but in my story, there's an opportunity to declare the greatness of God. And the scripture tells us to declare his greatness in our lives, right? So I want to share a, a little bit of this story. I think if nothing else you leave today, you agree with what I'm saying, you don't agree with what I'm saying, you'll leave with this today. You'll have an understanding of why I believe what I believe about heaven's math and, and why I preach that, I, I believe, I hope, so passionately. You know, as I mentioned last week, my mom and dad raised... Uh, me and, and my sisters kind of with this whole concept of the tithe that was very central in their marriage and uh, I mean they they taught us that I mean my allowance uh, this is like the 70s right I mean my allowance was like five nickels you try to tithe on five nickels I mean four nickels ain't much left right you know but I mean from the allowance we were we were taught to do that and as I got into high school and jobs and and of course got married and, and into a budget it actually because of what my parents had done it became very natural to do that I didn't go through a big oh my gosh this is a temper I don't even know if I believe that you know I, None of that. I, I just, it just was a very natural step for, for Karen and I to do. And, and so for the entirety of our marriage, hasn't been a month, hasn't been a year, where we have not given 10% of our gross income. We, we have other biblical financial principles that we have, you know, try to have shape what we're doing with our finances and, and give direction to it. But kind of like I saw with my mom and dad, that, that tithe and building a budget around that tithe was, was kind of the centerpiece. And, uh, you know, every now and then you get a little tempted to think, gosh, what could I have had if I didn't, if I didn't give that money? I, I say you, you get tempted. It's probably been over 20 years since I had that temptation. It's been a long time, but I remember the first couple of times, you know, you do taxes and you, you see that contribution line and you look at that and you, and you, you do, you think, well, what could I have done? Or you, maybe you think of something that went on this past year, boy, if I'd have had that. Now, back then, I didn't use the phrase heaven's math, but I did have that thought in my mind. And, and I remember several times thinking, Randy, if you had that, you wouldn't have it. If you had that, you wouldn't have 10% more. You, you'd have much less than that. But, I, you know, you'd go through those temptations every now and then. But, you know, the strange thing is with that always being in our marriage, I mean, by and large, I always felt like we had what we needed. And I would say in some cases had what we wanted. I mean, I feel like I've lived a lot of life, and this is a tricky word to use, and it can be defined a variety of, of ways, but I'll be honest with you, folks, I always feel like we've just lived life rich, high on the hog. You know, and there's, there's no, we haven't done everything we could do. We've, there's not been things we've done or been able to do. We don't take a lot of trips. You know, now we're, we're you know, going to see family. My family's in Colorado. Hers is in Miami. We get to go to some pretty cool places just covering family. But I mean, we don't, we don't pay for and go out on a lot of trips and things. As a matter of fact, I think the two big trips we've been on since we've been here in 14, 15 years now uh, is from y'all. 
For my 10th anniversary, y'all sent us to Israel. That was awesome. And then a couple years ago, the deacons gave Karen and I a a trip to Texas A&M, to A&M Alabama football game, so we could go there and watch Alabama destroy us. It was a horrible game. It was uh, right up till kickoff. It was a tremendous trip. It really was. Very grateful for the deacons for that opportunity. But, uh, you know, I mean, you could look at my life and say, well, y'all don't have this or you haven't done that. But I'd, I'd say I, I, we've, we've had about everything we've wanted except savings. Now, I, I, there's a lot of things I think we've done pretty good. Like I said, there's been a variety of principles we've, we've tried to go by. And I mean, we, we, we've never moved into debt. And I'm one of very few Americans, I think, who's never paid one penny to a credit card of interest. Never, not once. So there's been some decisions. We don't put money down for what we don't have. But, so we've made some good decisions. But one of those not good decisions, we've just not been real good at savings. And I'm not saying that's because I was tithing. Boy, if I hadn't been tithing, think of the, 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 the savings we would have today. No, I never, I never really saw our, our lack of savings as a tithing issue. I saw it more of a, a discipline issue. A lot of things right, but we didn't, you know, the $25 a month, the $50 a month, uh, maybe getting up to 100 We never really, never really did that. And boy, were we really started to get concerned about that is with college savings. I mean, I got four kids, seven years apart from old to young. I mean, when it hits, I mean, I don't remember when it was. It did start to dawn on me. Maybe it was when my oldest was like entering middle school. I saw that, that black cloud forming off there in the horizon. I thought, we've got a financial storm coming. Sure enough, the, the fall of, of 2009 uh, was going to be when, when Mary Beth was going to enter college. And we entered that, you know, coming up on the year, we, we've got nothing for college. And, and if, if you've been here a long time, you remember what was going on right before the fall of 2009. Do you remember? We, we were in a building campaign at the Heights. Uh, we weren't here on this property. We were, we were down there. And, and from 2005 to, to 2008, there was a building campaign going on. And, and as a matter of fact, if you've become a member of this church since then, you, you've become a part of the Heights since then, you know, sometimes we don't stop and, and realize that, that where we are happened for a reason. I mean, I mean, this building didn't just rise up out of the ground. Hey, one day we came here and chopped trees down, and the next day a church was there. No, you know, there was a lot of people. As a matter of fact, hundreds of people over 10 years ago that for many of them gave more money than they ever thought they would be giving to a church. Gave thousands, tens of thousands of dollars so that, so that this could happen. And, and, you know, for a lot of them, it was a tremendous sacrifice. And, you know, to my knowledge, I don't think any of them look back on that and say, that was horrible, what was I thinking? You know, I think most of them look back and, you know, that's how they serve the Lord, that's how they love the Lord, and that's how we love family. Because we do that here at the Heights. Even when you're giving today, a good bit of this giving, folks, is actually going out to reaching out new family members, right? Right? They're not family today. They may not even know Jesus today. But, but six months from now, a year from now, two years from now, they'll, they'll be in here a part of the family. Well, Karen and I were a, a part of that in 2000. 
2005 to 2008. And so we, you know, we've got this big decision coming, this big need for finances coming in 2009. So, so what did we do the three years prior? Well, in, instead of giving the tithe, instead of giving 10% of our income for, for three years in a row, we gave 20 to 22% of our income. I mean, let's just absolutely guarantee we're not going to send anybody to college. <laughs> let's just make sure we don't have a, a, a penny. But in, in, in our goal in that time was not a percentage. Uh, the, the way I got to 20 to 22, we actually had a number. We said, hey, this is what we want to give to the building. This, this was a number we committed to give, and we still gave the tithe. If you remember that, that verse we just looked at a moment ago, Malachi, it said, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. Now, the way I've interpreted this for me and my home, you decide for you and your home. For me and my home, the storehouse was the running of the temple. That's where all the resources for the temple running day in and day out were, were stored. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. So for me, for the entirety of our marriage, we've given 10% to the general budget. To, to the running of the church, the day in, day out running of the church. And anything Karen and I have done, anything we've done beyond that has been above the tithe. We, we, we didn't take building out of the tithe. We didn't do missions. We've got other ministries outside of the church that, that are important to us that we support. That's always been above and beyond the tithe for us. So during those years, 05 to 08, we gave the tithe 10%. And then it took another 10, 11, 12% each year to, to get to the commitment that we had made. And so uh, we made that commitment along with, with many of you. And uh, I know some of you would be the same. I brought that commitment forward and, you know, laid it at the altar. There, I was scared to death. <laughs> I thought, what am I doing? We can't give this kind of money. And that wasn't just a financial, I mean, uh, just a college statement. It was just a whole thing. How are we going to do this? And I thought we were going to suffer. I thought we were going to do without, and boy, we're just gearing up the next three years. Okay, first of all, nobody's eating breakfast for the next three years, okay? For dinner, we're going to have one potato. We're going to, sli we're going to slice it six ways, and that's it. So whatever you get for lunch, get it all, because that's no breakfast and a potato for dinner. I mean, you know, we're just going to suffer, and it's going to hurt, but we're doing it for Jesus, right? Doing it for Jesus. We love Jesus, and, and so we're doing that for him. And, and, uh, but you know, folks, it's, what's funny is... Do you know we finished our commitment in, in, in less than three years? I don't, I don't remember how quick. I, I just remember it's three, four months before the three years was even over. We even g gave a little bit beyond. Not much, but we, we, we continued to give to the building beyond what our, our, our commitment was. And, and looking back on it, I don't, I don't remember the suffering I don't remember all the things we did without. And I'm not just saying that 10 years removed and now my, my memory's a little vague. No, coming out of that three years, I don't, I don't remember all of the suffering my family did. I don't, I don't remember all the things we, we did without because we were doing this. Man, God provides. God, God it, it just adds up. He just made sure it was there while we were giving over a fifth of our income. And by the way, I, I, we don't do that all the time. I, I'm not giving a fifth of my income right now. I mean, we, we don't do that all the time. That was a set time period, and, and God took care of us all the way through it. Except now we're within a year of college, and we have nothing. I, I mean, we've, we, we've got nothing. And so we, we come up on the, the fall of 2009 and 
Mary Beth got some, some scholarships and some awards, but the, what she got wasn't really like the four-year stuff. It was more like the award will be dumped into the first semester or divided between the, the first two semesters. And so, oddly enough, her first semester in school was by far the cheapest semester. I, I mean, it just did not cost what the others did. The awards and scholarships brought that down, and it had been a year, so I'd been doing everything I could to, to pull resources, to pull money together for that. And, and so when it came, I, I think it was like in July, end of July, 1st of August uh, of 09, I, I remember walking into the, into the bedroom and, and telling Karen, we, we can pay for the first semester. We, we, we can pay cash for, for the first semester. But after that, it's going it's to be 100% loans the rest of the way. And, and, and the other kids won't even get one semester paid for because once this train starts rolling, we ain't coming up for air. Not, not for a long time. I mean, Amy's going to be in school before Mary Beth is out and Randy and Colin are right behind her and they're a year apart. So, I mean, once this thing starts, there'll be, there'll be no more accumulating to, to, to provide for a, a semester. And, you know, hey, okay, so we join every other American, right? I mean, you go to school on loans, but that's just not how we had lived life. It's not how we wanted to live life. And, and so, you know, it was a little bit frustrating. Like I said, for the most part, we had everything we wanted. But I mean, that, that didn't mean even as we're tithing, we didn't still have stresses, you know, that we didn't have tight times as we were tithing. Doesn't mean my, my Karen and I ever got into a, an argument. I mean, not an argument, a discussion about finances. I mean, we're a marriage made in America. Of course you're going to discuss finances. You know, but I just remember that day coming in and saying that. And so we paid that fall. We paid cash for that fall and, and sent her off to school. And uh, I don't remember when it was that fall. I, I don't remember the date. You'd think I'd have written something like this down. I, I don't remember the date. But in a single moment, in a single event, I now have not a penny for four kids for college. And in a single event, all of Mary Best College was provided for and all the rest of my kids. In one event. And, you know, it's interesting how this worked out. So I had to... I would still have to make uh, an annual, a yearly contribution to their education. Minimal, I would say. Uh, now, where the deal really worked is I made the same amount. I, I contributed the same amount whether I had one kid, two kids, or three kids in school. I would pay this amount and then everything above that amount, the, the balance would be paid, the entire thing. And I mean, it was just like, oh, oh my gosh. I mean, it's not a penny to, to, to covered. And, 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 you know, so, you know, as the years unfolded, my, my, you know, the different kids as they went to school would, would get this scholarship or this award, and that would help bring that need down, that, that balance down. But, I mean, honestly, it was no stress because it was covered. And, and, and then, of course, as you know, you've heard me talk about, then, you know, Randy and now Colin at West Point, and that's, that's fully funded uh, it's not called a scholarship because they owe for it. They owe service for it. No, nothing out of my bank. <laughs> nothing out of me. I mean, I don't even have to send him back with quarters for laundry. Uh, you know, it, it, it's nothing. So that's all fully funded. And so I don't even have to pay a minimum anymore. What, what seemed like the biggest miracle of God in 2009, it got bigger after that. And, and so I started doing the math on it and... Uh, 
So it started in 2009. In 2021, my last child will graduate. We'll have, we'll have four, graduate, four undergraduate degrees and one master's in those 12 years. And in those 12 years, I will have paid $70,000. Pretty big chunk of change, huh? 12 years, I will have contributed 70 grand to their education. I will have received $930,000 for their education. I didn't have a penny, and I got $930,000 for their education over that 12-year time period. Uh, Again, that's just kind of like, you go God. I mean, I've been saying here that heaven's math is is that you give the 10 and he'll make the 90 work like it was 110. I think that was more like the 90 worked out like it was 1,250%. I mean, folks, what God can do. Now, you know the interesting thing? I'm not any richer than I was in 2009. This isn't about, boy, you know, the money just comes rolling in. You just don't know what to do with it. No, there was a need and God provided for the need and not one penny over the need. I never actually held that $930,000. You know what? I have gotten a little more disciplined. We are saving some money, so don't, don't worry about us. We have started building a savings but I mean, I don't, I don't, not going on more trips. We're not buying another house. We're not, we're not doing other things. I'm, matter of fact, we're not doing anything different today th- th- than we were eight years ago in 2009, I- except that a pretty big financial need has been entirely paid for. I don't have a penny of debt. My kids don't have a penny of debt. And it's not because I struck a good bargain with God. Listen to me, giving is not about getting rich. Giving is not a bargaining chip with God. Sadly, I think that idea is sometimes communicated throughout churches. And as I mentioned last week, there is the evil of what I call the prosperity theology or the prosperity gospel. That's where you hear this, you know, you give $1,000 today and 2000 is coming this week. I, I, don't, I don't know if that's always, it can happen. That's, that's not what giving is. We we don't come in here to give and then maybe I'll get an answer to prayer. We don't come in here and give and and then, you know, oh my gosh, I'm a little tight on my bills. Maybe if I just scrape together a few dollars, put it in the plate at church, then God will pay my bills. Boy, if I come in here and give, God will cover college. I I don't know. You know, that's that's why I said last week, if if we're going to test God, if we're going to prove God, gosh, at least try it for four months. You know, when that happened in 2009, Karen and I had been giving the tithe for 22 years. 22 years. And the truth of the matter is there's a hundred other, thousand other stories of how God provided. That's one big giant one that almost has a miracle feel to it. But folks, there's all kinds of places throughout our marriage. It just, it just added up. May not make a big huge story, you know, in front of a bunch of people, but it just kept adding up. There was always there what, what, we, what we needed. Because the tithe is not a lottery. It's not a bargaining chip. It's a way of life. It communicates the devotion of a heart and the priority of our lives. And that's not done if I'm coming in here and treating the offering plate as a, as a bargaining chip. If I'm going to give twice and hope I hit pay dirt. No, it's about our heart. It's about our priorities. You know, there's something kind of big in this story I've left out, isn't there? 
Aren't you kind of just a little bit wondering, what, what, what was that thing that happened, that single event back in 2009 where all of a sudden just everything magically paid for? I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to tell you. I'll tell you this. I didn't win it in a poker match. That, 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 that is not how, that's not how it happened. What, what in my income wasn't my ability, wasn't something I had sought after or applied for or manipulated, had nothing to do with, with anything I went after. Well, why, why, why can't you tell us? Well, here, here's the reason I'm not, I'm not going to tell you. There's a very specific reason. Because if I told you, I really believe that almost across the room, because there's this, there's this incredible temptation in us to explain everything naturally. Even among the people that say, praise the Lord. We still ultimately want to define everything naturally. And so if I said, well, here, here's what happened on that day. This is what I just believe would happen in here. You'd go, oh, Okay, that makes sense. Praise the Lord. But that's not an option for me out there. Folks, an option for me out there didn't send my kids to school. God sent my kids to school. And he can do it a thousand different ways. See, here's the point. It's nothing could be more irrelevant than how it happened. It's that God did it. Jesus said, if my father has your heart. And if my father's priorities are your priorities. Then he's going to take all that stuff we're running around after trying to make happen. We shouldn't look like pagans. We should look like people serving the crown. We should look like people who know the crown provides for my needs. So really the only question left is, do do I believe it? And that faith is, and this is a biblical word, that, that faith is proved by the tithe. Week in and week out. Month in and month out. Is that the only way? No, it's not the only way. But Jesus said it's the way that always lets my father know where your heart is. When my father has your heart, when his priorities are your priorities, it's all going to add up. Let's pray. Father, I I believe that probably throughout this room are many, many, many stories just like mine. Like my story, there there are hundreds of stories that don't necessarily make a big, giant story. And maybe there's one or two stories that, like mine, is just almost a miracle. Father, you are a promise giver and you are a promise keeper. You do not fail. Oh, Lord, may we prove our faith in that. And there's multiple ways we need to do that, Lord. There's multiple places we need to step out in obedience and show our belief that when you say lying doesn't add up, well, we're going to step out on the truth, even though maybe it hurts a little. When you say tithing does add up, we're going to step out on that faith and that truth, even though maybe it hurts a little. 
God, may we be a people who trust you. May we be a people for our children, for our grandchildren, for our neighbors, our friends. It's very clear our lives are under the crown and under his provision. I pray it's very clear in our lives what our priorities are and all that we direct to serving those priorities. Lord, I I would pray for each of us in here, God, that you would guide us what this means in each of our lives, decisions that we need to make. Oh, God, I would want for every person in here to know what a good father you are, that you know every need we have, you care about those needs, and you tell us the secret to it is to give ourselves wholly to your priority, to what you're building, to what you're doing. God, I pray that we can't get away from that thought. I pray, it, I pray it's on us all week, all month. I, I pray we cannot get away from that thought and we bring our heart up under it. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.